Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear place. This is an interesting time of year to uh, to get a podcast going. And it's so many, it's more reasons than I ever would have thought to begin with. Welcome to Ball In, Ball Out, everybody. Uh, I'm Dan Bespers, and I'm joined by Dr. Eric Noble. And right now, we are just rotating who's either out of town or sick or both. Uh, last week, you and Eli did a show when I was like full on laid up. In fact, there were I think I may have sent you guys a text that just said "Pray for me" in the middle of the day on that one. Uh, and yeah, now, I think. And, and now, now somehow yeah, you got leprosy. I the torch. <laughs> Eric's Eric's become one of the lepers. We're going to send him out to a leper colony, but luckily we can do podcasts remotely, and so none of us have to get in the same room with you. Are you okay? I think instead of Doctor Eric Noble, you need to just be referring to me as Patient Eric Noble. Yeah, Patient today, Patient Zero, Eric. At Noble. least I'm not Patient Zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have for all the listeners out there, I have something that you do not ever want to have—a very contagious viral infection called hand, foot, and mouth disease. Makes you have like really weird blisters in those spots that they refer to. Yeah, and you do not want this. So. Uh, I am aware of this disease, but only because I have a one-year-old son, and so this is something that that new parents talk about a lot. Kids get that illness. You don't have a kid, as far as we know. How did I? I, I don't. Though I got it from a five-year-old. Oh, uh, so that a patient go. brought in her daughter to uh, the clinic. Oh. But I have been I have been hearing a lot of adults recently contracting this illness, which makes me think that maybe the virus is mutating. Yeah. So we should do like an <laughs> outbreak to bring back Dustin Hoffman and who the was monkey. the co-star in that? Uh, who was the female lead in that movie? Was this, it Renee Russo? This it seems this, like it should be Renee Russo. This is why we need Eli on this pod. He's got the movie knowledge that you and I can't can't pull up as quickly yeah uh eli bauman is uh either in flight right now or he has landed he's in new york city he's gearing up for uh for new year's day i'm sure he'll he'll have numbers of stories to tell us after january 1st 2018 comes along so we'll hit him up for those soon enough uh but eric a a quick recovery to you is all i can wish at the beginning of this of this podcast because that's that's not a fun one and uh but you're right though i mean parents often get it from kids and if you're around 
children, which you're you're a doctor, you work with people who have who have children or are children, uh, you become susceptible, and it's and it is it's extremely contagious. I just so I've, the bad the bad news. I've been in a very sad, lonely quarantine, self imposed quarantine <laughs> for the last week. <laughs> The good news is I've been watching a lot of basketball. Yeah. So, so, uh, but uh, I have some things to say. Maybe not intelligent things to say, but I have some things. There'll be things. Uh, and so, wait, Eric. I think it's important that everybody knows where you're going tomorrow. Also, as if I hadn't had enough silence and solitude, I'm going on a seven day silent meditation retreat <laughs> where I can really reflect on the horrors that have bestowed me over the last week. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. You poor thing. Yeah. I think God was sending a message. You want to do a seven day silent meditation retreat? Here's your seven day silent meditation <laughs> Here's retreat. 14. You're right, by the way. It was Rene yeah, Russo. Exactly. It was Rene Russo. You got that right. Well done. Uh, Dr. Thank Eric you. Noble coming through with Outbreak, 1995 smash hit about a monkey and a disease. Uh, four Laker games. Since the last time we had an official episode of Ball in Ball Out, it's been a minute. Uh, I did pop on briefly just to wish everybody a Merry Christmas over the weekend. Make sure they knew that we hadn't died, although we we do appear to be actively dying. The illness it was is, close. Yeah. Really, oh my God! I've I spent way too much time on my other podcast talking about the illness I had. I think so. I have I have a phobia related to stomach ailments. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about it. Some people are afraid of spiders, some snakes, some heights. For me, uh, it's it's this type of thing. So it was kind of like me facing yeah, schedule, down. Schedule an appointment with me. We I can know. do some cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, see, you knew about... I've told you about this already, and I've asked if there's like anything that you can do, like hypnotize me so that I'm not so petrified. Uh, no, it's uh, called exposure therapy. We'll just make you vomit repeatedly over yeah. and over and over. That sounds like the worst thing on planet Earth. That sounds so terrible. I mean, I did attend an undergraduate institution and people just like, if anybody out there has not gone to college, you can go and you can just get barfed on for four years. And that's pretty much what college is. Uh, so th- I had that. And if I didn't have that phobia, I think I'd, I'd definitely choose my illness over yours because uh, yours has a longer shelf life. This one, the one that that went through our house, was like twenty four hours of just violence, and then you know you're just sort of like drowsy for a few days because you don't know where all of your sustenance went. I mean, I guess you know, but you don't want to know. Uh, but it's rough though. So Eli is is alive so far. He's just not uh, not in town, and let's hope that that is as bad as it gets for him. But four Laker games. And they get, uh, is it safe to say, progressively worse over that's, the last four? <laughs> that's correct to say. That's yeah. accurate. So things started out so promisingly. The Lakers going on the road. You and Eli, by the way, great podcast about uh, the Kobe retirement stuff. You guys got like, you guys got really personal on that show. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, it was a uh, it was a personal topic. A lot of a lot of emotion came up for me with with the Cobster. So then the Lakers went on the road and beat the Houston Rockets, 122 to 116. It's basically been a week since that ball game. Kyle Kuzma had 38 uh, on 17 shots. He was unbelievably efficient. Corey Brewer turned back the clock. He had 21 and 5. Uh, Larry Nance had 13 and 9. Josh Hart played well. Brandon Ingram played uh, inefficiently, but also well. Lonzo Ball looked decent. I mean, it was one of those games where. A lot of things were clicking, and it was the same day, Eric, that we found out that KCP can't travel out of state 
because he's serving out uh, a like a parole sentence at a community detention center in Southern California. And so he just didn't even go, and he missed the whole thing. But that was a great win for the Lakers, and the rookie who is quietly putting together one of the best seasons in, like, rookie anybody history, but nobody's talking about him. Kyle Kuzma was unbelievable. So with with Eli sitting this one out, which one of us, me or you, is going to do the traditional Kuzma <laughs> BJ? Uh, I'll do it. He was freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, just just clicking on all cylinders. His confidence is through the roof. I You know, the start of that game... I think we hit four or five straight three-pointers to open the game, and that just set the tone. Uh, we had a feel. Uh, we had a look about us that we were just going to just compete really hard in that game, and we did. And James Harden dropped 51 points, and they still lost. Yeah. Um, he He's just unguardable. That dude is so good at basketball. Um, yeah, incredible. Yeah. But somehow, despite his his huge night, we we came through. Yeah, you know what I liked about the the breakdown on the Houston side, and obviously Harden getting fifty one. You're like, oh my god, this is this is atrocious. But he was really the only guy on Houston that got it going. So it was kind of like that. Listen, we're gonna let your best player go nuts, and obviously it would have been better if maybe he didn't go quite so nuts. It like it actually could have been a potentially easy ball game the Lakers had at one point. Didn't they lead by as many as like sixteen or seventeen points early in that game? It was it was a pretty good margin. And then Houston just sort of kept chipping away. James Harden, a lot of ISO work, a lot of pick and roll where the it ended up with him, the ball handler, almost every time. And so outside of Tarek Black, former Laker legend Tarek Black, who went one for two there were no other Rockets that shot 50% or better in that ballgame. So kind of defensively, it was a strategy, and because the Lakers were so good offensively, it actually worked out. So, you know, I, I kind of like it. Obviously, again, if they could have maybe held James Harden to like 40 instead of 51, it would have been better. But I didn't really mind the fact that the Lakers just sort of opened it up and said, all right, James, you're going to have to do it yourself and to his credit, he almost did, but I, I like that strategy. It worked out. A win is a win. I think it was a good strategy to just kind of let him go off and contain everyone else and not let them get on a roll with three-pointers. I mean, Chris Paul played for a little bit, but I think he, he kind of left early. Yeah, it was like the beginning of the fourth with quarter. So they had him for a bit, at least. It wasn't yeah. like he played like the first three minutes and then, and then pieced out. He played 25 minutes, so I don't want to chalk up their loss or the win for the Lakers, or the loss for Houston, however you want to phrase this game. I don't want to give put too much on Chris Paul. I, I, I could potentially put a lot of it on the absence of Clint Capella on the Houston side. Yeah. He's uh, he's an, an incredibly important piece for what Houston does. That dude, in yeah, that, that dude makes game. things work for that team. Yeah, He's their only presence near the rim. None of these guys go yeah. near the bucket. Nene, he usually kills us because, like, all power forwards with dreads usually kill us. <laughs> but uh, Clint Capella is really one of the, the secret weapons to, to Houston's team. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a role guy that can elevate. He's a role guy that can finish. And the other guys, you know, if James Harden runs a pick and roll with Ryan Anderson, you can be pretty well assured he's going to stand back at the three-point line and it's going to be a pick and pop. And you don't have to worry about retreating, so big men can kind of get up a little bit and 
you know, as a result, it was just a lot of Harden kind of going straight down the lane, and he ended up shooting 21 free throws. But, yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of how the Lakers got to this victory, this was a win over uh, a team with a, a double-digit win streak coming into that ballgame. So this was, a, this was a huge deal. This was, at the time, it seemed like maybe a momentum-building win for the Lakers, but it was also part of a stretch where they played Golden State twice, the Cavaliers and the Rockets, over a four-game span, so how could any team really be expected to emerge from that gauntlet with, I mean, one win was good, but any energy left would have been kind of impressive as well. This is this is a mean scheduling part of the year for the Lakers. I think one out of four was, was respectable, um, and the Houston win was actually a win that almost wasn't a win. Uh, that, that, that was something else that stuck out to me about that game was I think we were up nine points or something with like a minute to go. I texted you and Eli, great win. And it had all the makings of that was just going to totally jinx it. And we were going to blow the game. And we tried our hardest to give them that game. Yeah, I don't even we, wanna, I don't even want to talk about the end of the ballgame. I, was... I don't remember I don't remember this exact sequence, but there were a ton of turnovers. We fouled James Harden for a four point play. We uh we walked out of there did you barely with the win. Eric, did you happen to see the end of did you happen to see the end of that Pacers Celtics game last week? Like a I did not. Oh, okay, so uh, the only thing I can say about the Lakers' end of this Rockets game was at least we're not the Pacers because they had a one-point lead and the basketball with like eight seconds left, and they got it inbounded, and for some reason, Boyan Bogdanovich just floated a pass up into the air. All he had to do was stand still and get fouled, and instead he threw it away, and Boston dunked. It was that just I think it was Terry Rozier of all people grabbed it grabbed it out of the sky ran the length of the court and dunked with like a half a second to go and Indiana actually biffed that game away so at least we're not the Pacers the Lakers looked stupid at the end of this one uh, but they did manage to hang on and win and that was a nice one but unfortunately the 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 story doesn't really get any better from there uh, Lakers went into Golden State a game that you figured would be really difficult. And and it was uh, the Warriors got Draymond Green back in that ball game, so that's a big deal. Jordan Bell is this kid that Chicago gave up on, who's turning into this just an unbelievable athletic monster for the Warriors. And uh, Lakers got themselves kind of pushed back a little bit. I, I, you know, the, okay. So there's always the fight aspect of it, right? We've talked about that on the podcast a lot. It seems like the Lakers do show fight, but I don't know. Outside, again, of Kyle Kuzma, there weren't a ton of positives besides just that sort of gritty, never-give-up nature of this team. But I I don't know. This game didn't stand out to me more than, like, to say, I don't know this team ever... I don't know the Lakers ever really believed they could win this ballgame. Yeah, the the headline for me was um, the comeback, was was the, the great as you're talking about. We were down by as many as twenty-three points in the third quarter, and then we had a really nice run. Um, how did how did Josh Hart do in that game? He's been getting a lot of playing time. Do you have his stats? Yeah, Josh Hart in the uh, game Available. against Golden State. Uh, that <laughs> that was actually his bad game over this last few stri- few. He he actually had been playing really well. I think he was in double digits in the other three games, but Josh Hart in this one, zero uh, for three. One rebound, one assist, three steals. So, he did so that was steals, not a headline for this game. 
But um, (laughs) Josh Hart is still, uh, he's doing things. I really like his game. He looks really in control. Um, But yeah, I guess less relevant to this game. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't, Kevin Durant just looks really, really good. His defense continues to be very impressive. Um, But I think I, you know, you have to like how he came back and fought and we competed. It was the last game of this awful four brutal four game trip, really brutal. And we showed some fight at the end of it. That was it. it. Yeah. I mean, that was like, there, there are positives in that ball game. I don't know that I ever really expected the, the Lakers to pull that one out. Uh, we are seeing them. Well, we'll get to the we'll get to the overarching stuff when we get through some of these games. Lonzo Ball uh, played well in this one. Uh, Twenty four points, five boards, five assists. He had five three pointers. Still can't hit a free throw to save his life, but uh, he continues to make strides, and people continue to destroy poor Lonzo for uh, his dad. Uh, Julius Randle also double doubled in that game against the Warriors. He had twenty one and ten. And now there's a lot of Julius stuff, and, and we'll talk about that after we get through uh, these last two ball games, because there are some storylines going on with the Lakers. Exactly. Uh, the game against Portland is the one I'm probably the most disappointed in. Uh, just you know, the, the Blazers without Damian Lillard, and I just can't help but wonder, Eric, if this is one of those games where, and you know, no Brandon Ingram, so that's obviously a thing for LA. But after that that four game stretch against basically championship contenders was this a game where the lakers just sort of kind of looked past the trailblazers and shabazz napier and mo harkless combined for 43 points that's the type of stuff that happens when you're not taking an opponent seriously crazy that shabazz napier just went off went (laughs) off on us um yeah i do want to talk about the game but first we need to talk about the most important aspect of that evening which was damian lillard's suit did you get a chance to see what he was wearing i didn't see the suit he was wearing a grid a gray pinstripe suit with a vest but no no shirt. <laughs> he just had a bare chest with a vest and then a sport coat on top of it. Oh and my god. Three like ginormous golden chains. Um it was the best it was the best outfit of the whole NBA season by far. I need you to find me um, before and, you before you go out of town for your retreat. I need you to find me a photo of this thing. Because I want to post the podcast with that as our tag photo. That's very well, important. Yeah, you should. I think I think Damian Lillard tweeted a picture of him. So I think he was getting a lot of crap for it. <laughs> and so he responded to one of the pictures just with the initials RNS. Are you familiar with RNS, Dan? I'm going to have to Google that one, too. Yeah, well, it's stuff we can't say that I just am not not able to say on this podcast. Uh, so it's not repetitive nerve stimulation. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's definitely not. Re- it's it's real. Oh N, yeah, let's yeah. Say Nigerian s. Let's say stuff. So real Nigerian stuff. Okay, that's yeah. What, that's what Damian Lillard was rocking. <laughs> well, well done there. That was that was a good good cover. That explains uh, why my first Google search it didn't it didn't turn up properly. I did get a, a neuro result, which is oddly fitting for this for this podcast and my household. Uh, I gotta. If I don't find this it, thing, it then I need okay. you to find it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll text it to you. It was great. I like um, Damian Lillard. It was definitely RNS. I I don't care what suit he wears. I like Damian Lillard. He's he's like the little guy with something to prove every night, and he's 
Uh, he's so durable. Hasn't he? He's missed like ten total games in his entire NBA career. That's the kind of thing that every team needs. I, I yeah, have a lot of pimp. respect for Dame. Uh, but we lost though. We lost this team with like this crappy Yusuf Nurkic that everybody got really excited about, and CJ McCollum, their best player without Dame on the floor, had a bad night. He had seventeen points on twenty three shots, and we lost this game. That I mean, that's like. That was a gut punch. This was one of the ones that you got to dig deep if you're the Lakers and find a way to beat this team. You're at home. You just got through this tough stretch. You got a game here. Because then you got a Minnesota team coming up that you know is going to be a tough test. They're good offensively, even if they're not that great on the defensive side. Uh, but, I mean, Portland without Lillard, that's their whole team. He's he's their everything. And and we lo- how, how did we let this happen? Was it just like... a an abysmal offensive showing because 92 points you hold a team to 95 in the modern nba it seems like you should win that game so here's here are my thoughts about this game um you know on the one hand you could rationalize it say we just came off the hardest stretch that any nba team has had in several years uh so we were just gassed it was the second night off a back-to-back though portland also had that so in a way you could you could rationalize it but on the other hand, it just had a different feel about it. Looking at it, there seemed to be a different effort level and a different energy level. We didn't have heart. We didn't have hustle. Um, so there, it, it just looked like a bad loss. We had the game. Um, it was ours to lose, and we lost it. Uh, we just gave it to them. And uh, I think it, it was all written on Luke's face at the end of the game. I don't know if you you got a chance to see it. He just looked like disgusted. Mm. That was he just like looked like he just stood there after the buzzer went off and was just like staring around the court with this dis- like a smirk of disgust on his face. Like how did we let this happen? How did how did I yep. let my guys perform like this? And I, I mean it's bad when you you absolutely need Kyle Kuzma to carry your team and they sort of did and he you know, his shot wasn't falling that night, but that's that's that was bad. That one's it was that a bad one's, loss. That one stings. Is that one of our? I mean, that's got to be like a top three worst loss of the season so far. Yeah, right? because I mean, game one against the Clippers, getting blown out by forty is up there. <laughs> but yeah, I would say top three. Um, and then there was a fallout from the game. I don't know if you want to get into some of the storylines right now about that. I want to loop back to all of the, the storylines after we finish up the, the box scores, because there's a bunch of stuff, and I think you and I both yeah. have a couple things to discuss. Uh, the Lakers game on Christmas felt a lot like a Christmas game, and I don't know if it was just because of, and Eric, you mentioned this to me before we went on air, but I totally agree with you, and I was going to bring it up anyway. I don't know if it was because of the broadcast team that it just felt that way, and maybe it would have been different if we were there watching the game live. Uh, but the Lakers, it seemed like, and it sort of felt like this was an exhibition. I don't know why that game felt like sort of an all-star-y feel, where it didn't seem like either team was really taking it all that seriously. Uh, Minnesota shot 58% in that game. Taj Gibson, was I think he was 11 for 13. Like, we just got dunked on by old man Taj. That dude's and a beast. He's like 45, and he's just still rumbling along. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was solid, if unspectacular. Jimmy Butler is... I've watched a decent amount of Minnesota basketball. He's he's very much the key to everything that they're doing this year. And Andrew Wiggins is a guy that they just gave like $35 million a year to, and he looks kind of terrible. Uh, 
I don't know. I I don't know that I expected the Lakers to win this game, but I thought maybe we'd get a better performance, but they played like it was Christmas Day. That's that's all <laughs> yeah, I can well, say we, about that. We didn't have Lonzo. We didn't have Ingram. It was, again, you know, we were coming off a t- tough stretch. It was Christmas Day. But you would think after a loss, like the Portland loss, we would have come out with a little bit more oomph. Yeah. But uh, I think Jordan Clarkson had an awful game. He was like 8 for 24. Yep. Uh, the the broadcast team is is tough. Uh, they still they still really make me laugh. Um, but the percentage the, the the number of times that I laugh is is much less than it was like six years ago. Yeah, and I, the amount of time I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, ugh, yeah, can't just, they talk about something else? Yeah, it's like, shut up that for a is, minute. <laughs> yeah, they, all right. They just talk. They literally talk about one thing the whole game. Is just that why are people taking so many three pointers and analytics suck? <laughs> uh, I I love that comment for the first two minutes and please let's talk about something else. You uh, they have so like so much funny good insight about the game. I just would like for them to talk about other things. Yeah, any anything at all. And it, it's uh, and I actually I love those guys in studio. I think they're hilarious when they don't have something happening that they should actually be discussing. So like when they just when they go off in studio and they're making fun of each other and they're doing their little games and crap, that's always entertained me and I, you you know, you don't take them seriously. Everybody gets on Charles Barkley for being wrong all of the time, but he's not on that show because he's right. He's on that show because he's entertaining. He's entertainment value. And so if you take it at that, then that's great. But then you put him sideline and you just let him do the same shtick over an entire basketball game, and I, I would sooner mute that thing. And and I know that this is a little bit th- there's an arrogance to it on my side also, having actually done play by play not at the NBA level, but you know basketball is basketball. Uh, I really like a good broadcast, and and we've talked about this on the podcast, Eric, because you listened to that ESPN Deportes call on your drive back from the from the made, San Joaquin. Made me fall in love and bat with basketball, right? Again. Like a good broadcast is such a big deal, oh, it's and beautiful. And they do this because this reminded me, and and this isn't this isn't really fair of me to, to compare the two, but the the players only thing on NBA TV on Tuesdays often devolves into that same crap where they're just, like, talking about tweets for an hour and a half. Like, just talk about (laughs) the game. Talk about the things happening in front of you without sounding like me and my college roommates, uh, like, blitzed out of our gourd in three adjacent armchairs yelling at a TNT game. I want somebody to I want somebody to do play-by-play for me. That is that so much to ask? I guess, but we should probably be the last people talking since this yeah, podcast devolves into debauchery <laughs> from like minute 1. Right, but they're getting paid like hundreds of thousands good, of dollars to do exactly what we're doing uh gratis. We, <laughs> we love it. They would they would do it for free too probably based on this. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so, you know, at least Kuzma <laughs> was good. They would probably have the same amount of listeners as we do. Yeah, they should have the quality of that crap. Uh, but Hey, you know what? At least Kyle Kuzma was still good in that one. I mean, he's been, but he's playing 40 plus minutes. Doesn't it kind of feel like we're asking to get him hurt at some point along the way here? That's a lot of minutes on a young man. I, I have unending faith in Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I don't think anything <laughs> wrong could happen to him. I don't think he could do anything wrong. That guy's just like has a golden halo around him at all times right now. Yeah, and he should. And I don't remember who I saw tweet it. It was one of the Lakers. Uh, it was either one of the Lakers blogs or one of the Lakers pod guys here in, around LA. 
uh, that he has like a the highest true shooting percentage of any 15 points in NBA history. So he's basically the oh. most efficient, uh, relevant rookie in the history of, of basketball. That's nuts. That's amazing. Uh, that's great. That dude was drafted in the 20s. What a so what, so so dope. What a pick. So he's he's obviously the ball in for yeah, this show. He's, he's given his performance over the <laughs> over the last four four games even with Eli not in this podcast, Kuzma is the ball in. I would uh, I would venture to guess he's wearing the sweatshirt that you gave him right now. Gosh, I hope so. It's cold um, in New York. Yeah. The my ball out is going to be not to any particular Laker or or thing. It's it's alley-oops. I want to talk about this for a moment. Okay, please. Because alley-oops are getting ridiculous in the NBA. The amount, I think, well, we we lead the league in this, but there's a, a league-wide trend of horrible alley-oop passes that get broken <laughs> up. And nothing is uglier than a fast break where you just want to see a pretty pass with a nice finish, and then you have this like lazy, dumb, telegraphed alley-oop pass that's just like easily broken up by one the one defender who's two on one. I hate it. Just make a really nice, beautiful two-handed bounce pass and let the other guy dunk it. Like we don't need to see like subpar alley oops the whole time. You know you're that's my ball out. I don't Stop think you're alley ooping. I don't think you're alone. because uh, I was watching one it might have even been after the Houston game where uh Luke Walton was saying the one thing that I keep preaching to my team is we need to be less insane on our fast breaks. So I think I think yeah, Luke, I think Luke's ball out might be alley oop passes also. Yeah, I mean it, it's happening a lot in the NBA, but we're we're leading the league in it, and it's just it's so frustrating. That's ridiculous. Uh, my ball out. Let's see. I didn't. I didn't come prepared on the ball outside. Uh, it was such a long stretch of games. I. I, I mean. How could my ball out not be that that Portland game? Uh, my ball out is the injury bug, and this is NBA as a whole, and it's finally kind of coming after the Lakers. I know we lost Larry Nance for a few weeks earlier in the season, but now it's sort of like a chunk of them all happening simultaneously. Uh, Brooke Lopez going down, and I know that everybody, he went down and the Lakers immediately won a game in Houston, and so there was this like worldwide outcry to have Brooke Lopez just like shot like a lame horse. And then Brandon Ingram got hurt, and Alonzo Ball got hurt, although it sounds like Ingram's going to play in the next one, so at least there's that. Uh, but teams do deal with injuries, and you know this was sort of an opportunity for the Lakers to show off how we don't really have any superstars, but we have a lot of depth. And I, I feel like those three injuries took a bigger toll on L.A. than maybe we expected they would. Uh, Ingram, obviously he's been such a key to the team this year, but I also feel like Lonzo ball being down. He's been kind of a nice little motor for the Lakers over yeah. the last couple of weeks. And then, uh, I know that Brooke Lopez is not everybody's favorite Laker, but he is substantially better than Andrew Bogut, who's playing 15 minutes a game and had that one nice game where he tried to defend Joel Embiid, but otherwise Bogut is showing himself to be very old and brittle, uh, and mostly like a guy that can take up a lot of space on a basketball court. And that brings me to storyline number one over the last week. Julius Randle, uh, who's playing like 
15 a minutes a, a game. A lot of talk going around. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw a tweet today that I thought maybe described something. And so, like, you know, there's all the tinfoil hat stuff going on. And this, and it might be right this time. So perhaps I shouldn't even call it tinfoil hat. But, you know, Brooke Lopez went down and everybody kind of figured, and I thought rightfully so, that you'd see more Kuzma and more Randall and more Larry Nance Jr., uh, and more Bogut, and for some reason, when it's all panned out, we've only seen more Bogut and Kuzma, and arguably less Julius Randle and Larry Nance over the last couple of games. And, you know, from a basketball standpoint, it's insanity. And then you see all these stories, and I'm going to stop monologuing here because I've been talking too long, uh, about how, like, if Julius Randle doesn't start nine games then his qualifying offer is $1.3 million less this coming offseason. Are the Lakers messing with his with his pocketbook? This is this is the type of stuff that can turn ugly really quickly, and it makes me very nervous about the next few weeks for the Lakers right now. How do we... I don't know. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? And then how do we avoid... What can the Lakers do to avoid this becoming uh, like, a, like a gaping sore? I didn't know that about uh, the Randall contract thing. But I think he's being very much undervalued. To have, I, who knows whether there's any validity to this or not, but the fact that a Nerlens Noel, Julius Randle, one-for-one swap is being floated out there as a rumor in the NBA, that, that's just, that's embarrassing. Like, Randle is so much better than Nerlens Noel. Like, why is that even being talked about as a one-to-one swap? Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel bad for Julius. You know, he's 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 playing really hard. I think he's giving us really good minutes. He's attacking the rim like a madman and the, the you know the, what he gets for it is just these swirling trade rumors and uncertainty about his future. Uh it's a tough tough position to be in. I I really like his game and I would I'd like him to be a Laker. I uh in the future I really I really I really do. So I don't understand. I don't uh, claim to understand the contract stuff all that well. That was something that I saw an ESPN writer tweeted, so I'm inclined to think that it was true. Uh, and then I think that the Lakers' contractual situation means they can potentially retain either Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson. Is that right? I think that's right. What, what was that again? I think that the Lakers potentially next year could retain either Clarkson or Randle, but probably not both. Does that sound like? I feel like that's something that I yeah. Depending on who we're right, who we're other guys who we get. I think you have to go if if it came down to that. Don't you kind of have to go with Randall because like uh, big men that are multi talented are so much more rare in the NBA than a scoring shooting guard. I, I don't know why that they're. I don't know why they're jerking him around like this. It seems like they're trying. It's almost like they're trying to test him a little bit. What other reason could there be? I don't know. That's a good point. But if it's, if, if, you know, if it had to come down to Clarkson or, or, or Julius, if it had to come down to one or the other, I would take Julius as well. I mean, Clarkson is, that's just something that's more available in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Someone who can come off the bench and give you, give you energy and points. Um, All right. So you had, you had some storylines too. I will, we'll keep an eye on this Randall thing as it develops. Well, so it was after that Portland game when, Andrew Bogut made the comment that, you know, people were pouting or I think Luke Walton said that as well. And Andrew Bogut said that, you know, business decisions are are affecting how people are are Mm. approaching games. Um, I think 
I don't know. I don't really see that affecting Julius's game. I mean, he's <laughs> getting less minutes and still playing as well. I think it's maybe Clarkson is the one that people are call, calling out. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I honestly, you know, I, I felt like there was one game in there, and maybe it was the Rockets game. I can go back and pull up that box score again from a minute ago. I think that Rockets game was one where Randall played like eight minutes and, you know, maybe maybe sulked a little bit in the process. But I don't know. Is it really at anybody's place that's another player on the team that's not going through whatever it is? I, I, I'm i inclined, and I've given Randall plenty of, of guff on this podcast over the last couple of months, but I'm inclined to take his side if that's what this is about. And if it's, and if it's Clarkson... I don't know what everybody's going nuts about. You know, he when he's playing well, they tend to leave him on the floor. And when he's playing hyper inefficiently, he tends to get yanked out of the ballgame because he's he's sort of a one-trick pony. He's a scorer. So if he's not scoring, what the hell's the point of you being out there? Whereas at least with Randall, you know, he can switch on screens. He can do some stuff that other big men on the team can't do. Uh I don't know. I, you know, in watching the la- the way the games have gone, I would have thought it was Randall, but it, I guess it very well could be Clarkson. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. How do you think this is going to play out, Dan? With with oh, Randall man. in particular, this is this is where we got to go to Doctor Noble's prescription pad, don't we? I, I don't. <laughs> that's that's why I preempted by asking. <laughs> yeah, that was clever. Good play, Doctor. Uh, I, I'm hoping, and this is this will be a nice test for Luke Walton. I think because I've I've uh, I've talked about how I think he's been really good with personalities on this team. You know, he's made some X's and O's decisions that I haven't agreed with, but overall, it seems like he's got the guys fighting. He's got this team really putting their their full asses into basically every basketball game, with apparently the exception of that Portland game. Uh, so this will be a nice test. You know, he hasn't had to run up against something like this in his young coaching career. Can he keep these guys focused? Uh, my, my guess is yes. I think that at some point along the way, there'll be, you know, a team meeting or it, or it'll come to some sort of mini head and then someone will play a little bit more, or maybe it'll even be simpler than that. Maybe there'll be a game later this week where Walton gives Randall, you know, 32 or 33 minutes or Jordan Clarkson plays 35 minutes and then everybody's happy. And obviously a win would go a long way to solving that too. You know, things, things tend to get worse when a team is losing, but my prediction is this will be okay. I don't think anybody's going to have you know a, a demand to get out of town. Uh, I, I think I think Luke Walton will figure this thing out. I I remain confident. Do you agree it's or a, disagree? Where do you sit on that one? I, I think it's just a really tough managerial place to be in. To he's not coaching really this year. He has to coach this. That's not anything that that we're focused on. That's 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 just a tough place to manage. Um, and something that's getting lost in all of this is where's Luol Deng, <laughs> dude? Just seriously, where is he? Nobody Do you have knows. Any idea where he is? Now, I assume he's <laughs> it's like a Where's Waldo kind of thing. Yeah. Is he is he with the team? I don't even know if he's with the team. I I have no idea. Um, it's just kind of yeah. He's not at any of the games. Do you see him on the sideline? <laughs> I don't think I've seen Luol Deng all year. That's a really good point. I haven't seen point. him suited up. And I haven't even uh, really thought about it. Is he I haven't a... seen him suited up or in like street clothes on the bench. Um, I, I just think he's like, maybe he has hand, foot, and mouth disease. Maybe he's quarantined <laughs> somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah, you've you've been hanging out with Lou all day, Eric. Yeah, um, I found the I, Damian I was Lillard looking picture. At, uh, some like pictures of uh, of the Lakers during the preseason of like their their get-togethers. They had this one funny team outing to SpaceX where they met Elon Musk. Nice. Uh, but there was a picture of everyone with yeah Elon Musk and Lou Hall Dang was just like in the corner kind of just like with this weird look on his face. My, I think that that really was a good premonition for the rest of the season. That's perfect because uh, my my wife's family has that same joke where they put uh, anybody that's sort of new to the family at the very edges of the picture and joke that that way they could just crop them out later. Are we like, are we Luol, are we cropping Luol Dang out of the Lakers photos 10 years from now? Oh yeah, don't, don't worry about it. He, he wasn't on the team in 2017, 2000. There's no proof of this. Elon Musk, yeah, <laughs> like talking to this a ghost that has been photoshopped out of the picture. Poor Luol Deng. Uh, I, do we even know if he's healthy? Do we even know if he can move? Like, I get that we want to develop all the young guys, but but you know, Corey Brewer is playing on this team, so obviously there's there's room for at least one old goat. I don't I think know. if Luol Deng was on like the Cavs or something, I think he would be a really helpful player. I yeah. think he's got basketball in him left. He's uh, supposedly he's just like a really basketball smart guy, and that like he could he's probably functioning as something of a of a player coach on this club. So that would be my guess on that front. But yeah, you you uh... or just an <laughs> exiled bum. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think he's functioning as a player coach. I think he's just like somewhere out in the netherworld. Maybe that's who they were calling out for pouting. <laughs> maybe. Maybe Andrew Bogut got uh, like a sad emoji from Luol Deng in the middle of the ball game. <laughs> but I don't blame him. I mean, I would be sad and pouting if I were Luol Deng. Yeah, considering the some of the guys that are actually seeing the floor. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um Listen, I mean, I, I, I get it. These guys, these guys should be wanting to play. There's money, there's ego involved. I, I, I totally understand. And it's, it's a tough position for, for Walton to be in. I have no idea what the prescription is. Um, it's going to be interesting to see it play out. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a, a very distant limb here and say the only way that this gets solved without something coming to a head is a lot of communication. It's got to, right? Like, he, they've got to be. The only way that this gets really bad is if nobody talks to whoever it is that's upset right now, whether it's Randall or Clarkson or somebody that we didn't talk about. That's uh, too bad that Luke Walton's coming on my seven-day silent meditation routine. <laughs> <laughs> that does not bode well for the Lakers. Yeah, we're in real trouble now. By the way, uh, and maybe this will be a closing thought, I did find the uh, Damian Lillard suit. It's unusual <laughs> come on dan you you have better you have more compliments than that uh all right so your description of it was was spot Pen. on point yeah uh the, the the pinstripe gray suit with a pinstriped vest and no shirt underneath the vest um i mean it looks like Are- the, i don't know i mean like obviously my my understanding of fashion is limited because i spend 80 percent of my week in pajamas here uh the, it looks like the kind of thing that they'd put like a like a, a girl in at a burlesque show. That's what comes to my <laughs> mind. Like it's really low cut. Like you can see the insides of his pectoral muscles. I think that's the opposite of what he was going for when he said RNS. <laughs> this looks like a woman's suit. 
But I, uh, again, I don't understand fashion. You guys, uh, if you need to find this tweet, I found it. Somebody named uh, at Clee Sports Corner, C-L-E Sports Corner, uh, tweeted, WTF is this, at Dame Lillard, on ten at on December 23rd at 10.50 at night. And then uh, Damien did reply with the acronym that you mentioned earlier in the program. So you can find the... Uh, you can find this picture, and it is, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I mean, you know, if this is a Halloween I, costume, sexy Damian Lillard next year. I don't year. know. I'm going to make a poster of it, put it up in my, <laughs> my, send, my refrigerator. Send that. Maybe we should have. Maybe we should add this to the, the bet, where if you lose, because we still don't have the if Eric loses the bet, maybe you have to wear the Damian Lillard, uh, like, Low, low cut women's. Then sport I am coat. going to somehow will the Lakers into a playoff spot so that <laughs> I'm forced to wear that. Because, good Lord, I want to wear that and have some sort of legitimate excuse to wear that. Yeah, because you can't, you can't use that same acronym. I don't think that's fair. You should, you could change the N to a, a J, I guess. No, <laughs> right. my wife Annie would kill me if I use that acronym. <laughs> yeah, can, you can't, uh, you can't change the, the, to a like Jewish in the middle. Could we do R- that? Real Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> and wear that exact same suit. Uh, I do already have a basketball jersey that just says Jews. <laughs> so uh, the um, oh shoot, well I think the I think my buddies in college were on an intramural team called Gefilte Swish. <laughs> so that was another one. I think that might have been the might have been the Hillel team. Uh, that's all I got from the last week, though, without digging into too much more detail. Do you have any other, other storylines? I, I don't want to cut you off. No, just thinking about the, the two games ahead. Who are we playing? We're playing Memphis, and then do we have the Clippers? Is that right? That sounds very accurate. Let me double-check on that while we're getting into this. Yeah, yeah we're hosting the Grizzlies uh, Wednesday, which will be probably the day this podcast is released. It's, it's currently late on Tuesday night as we're recording this thing. So we'll call, we'll call this one tonight. Lakers host the Grizzlies at uh, 7.30. That's the late one. And then the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, this is technically a home game for us. That's on uh, That's on Friday night. Is are winnable, although uh, rumors swirling as of earlier, well, Tuesday. i got to get my days right here as we're talking about this, that Blake Griffin might actually be back for that game on Friday. Ooh. I know. Okay. Can't catch a so- break. Yeah, we do need to win both these games, but we absolutely, if we don't win the Memphis game, something is horribly going to go awry. Yeah, um, I agree. This is, uh, this is a must-win given given our two recent losses, in yeah. my mind. we Com- got to pull this one out. Completely agree. You can't, have, you can't have three games in a row where the focus is just totally off kilter because these are the games. And you know what? i got to give Minnesota actually a lot of credit because they're a team – that's just beating the hell out of the bad teams in the NBA. And they're not beating many good teams, but they get, you know, one win here and there. And that's how you put up a decent record. Meanwhile, Lakers, we're, we're playing our, we're playing like every ounce of energy against the good teams to try to prove something. And instead of, you know, those are the games where you should probably just take the night off because you're barely going to win those anyway. Go beat a team that you can actually beat, like the Blazers without Lillard or the Grizzlies coming up tonight. So hopefully... I agree what's with you, the, Eric. What's they the need spread this on this one. Uh, oh, has it come out yet? I'll, let me double check on that. I'm not sure it's. Uh, it is. Lakers are favored by two and a half, which is effectively uh, odds makers saying that these two teams are in a dead heat on a neutral site. So that's just like a home court advantage in this one. I think uh, I'm going to have Eli put twenty on it for me on Lakers to cover. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Well, we need to find out who's playing. I think Ingram is probable. Was Ingram's last I heard. He's going to play. He's going to play. No Lonzo, no Brooke Lopez, I believe, is is uh, also basically official. I think Lonzo's out for like another two or three games. So can they do it without basically any point guard? It's got to be Tyler Ennis. That's the, that's the tough part here. If we don't win, we're officially in dysfunctional zone. Yeah, that's bad. Ugh, comes down to Lakers Grizz on December 27th. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, man. All right, Dr. Noble, feel better, my man. Enjoy your week of silent reflection. Thanks, Doc. Uh, I will probably... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk when I get back. So I'll, I'll rejoin the podcast. Yeah, if you don't get bored, if you get bored, feel free to text us. I don't know if that counts as talking. <laughs> you you won't lose me to the silence. Perfect. I'll come back. Happy New Year, everybody. I guess I should have said that too. Um, Happy New Year from all of us here at Ball In Ball Out and Hoop Ball. He is Dr. Eric Noble. I am Dan Vespers. Eli Bauman uh, will be back with us. I think before the year turns, but in just in case, just in case we don't have another pod between now and then, enjoy. The ball drop, uh, potentially talk to you in 2018, but hopefully we'll be back with you after a win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Eric, so long, my man. More balls dropping. Balls in, (laughs) balls out, ball drop. (laughs) So long, everybody. This has been a HoopBall presentation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.